Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Lionsgate Podcast with Saudi and Omni. I'm Omni. And I'm Saudi. And today's episode is all about soul contracts. We're going to go over the soul contracts part, sexual contracts, karmic contracts, and twin flames. We have a lot to get into. If you feel like you know what a soul contract is, or you don't, I think it's important to listen, keep your mind open, because I feel like there's a huge split in the spiritual community on some people feeling that soul contracts are new age thing and kind of pin it towards abuse. Yeah, there's one TikTok video that I watched in particular. And there's a woman who's a self-proclaimed survivor of a narcissistic relationship. She claims that she's had two decades of narcissistic abuse. Mm -hmm. And she is a narcissistic relationship expert. And this is understandable. Yeah, she's had clients that have come to her and they struggle to heal from abuse because of quote unquote, new age bullshit. Yeah, she considers soul contracts to be an excuse for narcissists to treat you Mm -hmm. badly, because they can come back and say, Oh, well, I was put in your life for a reason. And a lot of people, they get the idea that you came into this world with a contract and every single bad thing that happens to you is your fault and you signed up for it. Right. I just want to clear that up, that that is not what soul contracts are about. And the same person was talking about that you don't need to experience trauma to be a good person, that you can read about trauma in a book and it will give you the same results. I disagree. I, I disagree. And I can understand where her concept comes from because mm-hmm. she suffered at the hands of a narcissist for two decades. Yeah. In my mind, I can't say for sure. I think of it as she probably was soul contracted Mm -hmm. to deal with these narcissistic people in her life. And they steered her towards her life path, Mm -hmm. which is being a healer to being a counselor and helping people through that. Right. I kind of look at it as imagine being a severe drug addict Mm -hmm. and you are at your very worst. You are rock bottom and past that. You're struggling to get clean. And a doctor walks in the room that has a lot of medical experience and he says, you're going to be okay. Trust me. Yeah, You're going to get through this. And he looks at the doctor and he says, have you ever done drugs before? And the doctor's like, no, but I've read a lot about it. And he's like, you don't understand what I'm going through. Right. And so if a different doctor came in that had been where I was or even close and looked me in my eyes and said, hey, you're going to be okay because I've been where you are. Mm -hmm. And if I can do it, you can do it. I would a thousand percent trust that person. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not saying that you have to go through life and have all these terrible experiences to be Mm -hmm. able to relate or to help other people. But what we're going to be talking about today Mm -hmm. is a handful of soul contracts And then you can decide for yourself what you think at the end of this. Yeah. So I really am a firm believer in listening to your gut, listening to your own instincts and listening to your higher wisdom. So if we're talking about something and it's not resonating with you, maybe it doesn't mean it's not true, but it could be it's not important to your path. Right. But if we say something and it hits home, you're like, holy shit, this is exactly what I went Mm -hmm. through. And it puts it in perspective for you and you get chills and it just resonates in your whole body then take that because it's for you. So I just want to make that clear when we're doing these because we're all on different journeys. And this is a very generalized explanation of these different types of soul contracts. But there are so many and they can be mixed together. And so just take what we say with your own residence. Exactly. And I mean, this is part of why we cover so many different subjects too, is because everybody has different paths and they have different things that resonate with them. Mm -hmm. Our mantra is keep your mind open for a reason. Yeah. And I know a lot, but I don't claim to know everything. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to. Yeah. You know, like I love to learn and grow. And if anything you hear here that doesn't resonate with you or you can correct me if we're wrong, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. But I just also want to touch before we get started on the whole soul contract, twin flame, karmic relationships, all of these are a new age thing. Mm -hmm. The terminology is pretty new age. And I will agree with that. But the concept behind it dates back to ancient Egypt and they called it split soul. And it was the story of Isis and Osiris. And that was way the fuck back on like the first dynasty, Mm -hmm. which was like 4,000 years ago. Yeah. They were talking about it back then. Mm -hmm. Plato was talking about it twin flames. Yeah. As a matter of fact, back in 385 BC, 
which is over 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. He was talking about that humans once had four arms, four legs and two faces. And the gods felt threatened by this. And Zeus split the people in two. So the humans would wander in search of the other half of them. It wasn't called twin flame, but that's what the fuck he was talking about. You know, so this is not new age. No, there's a lot of spiritual texts in scripture, the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, Hinduism, Palikanon, like all of those are spiritual scripts that don't necessarily talk about twin flames or soul contracts, but they talk about the karmic value of a soul and being reincarnated. So that's very much the soul base of soul contracts. It's this concept that before reincarnation happens, which all these spiritual texts support that, that reincarnation is a thing, that the soul may agree to certain experiences, relationships, or challenges in their upcoming life. Now, this could be with one soul, it could be a group of souls. But I want to make it clear that just because you were in an abusive relationship does not mean Mm -hmm. you were soul contracted to be in that. Mm -hmm. And even if you were doesn't mean that the person can't be held accountable. I want to remind you as somebody who was raised by a narcissist that they Mm -hmm. will use any tools in their toolbox (laughs) to be an excuse for their behavior. Mm -hmm. And just because they use soul contracts as an excuse Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that soul contracts aren't real. And not every bad thing that happens in your life is a soul contract. Exactly. Once you've listened to everything that we have to say, if you're Mm -hmm. not that experienced with it, or if you are, your soul will tell you that this experience pushed me in a certain direction. It was for my highest purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what you get out of the end of a soul contract. So somebody hits you with their car. That's just shit happens. We are coexisting on this planet as a collective. Yeah. So shit just happens sometimes. It's not every single thing that happens to you. Oh, this is soul contracted for me to happen. Yeah. That's not the case. So I think some people get a little overboard with it. And that's why it puts so much shade on the whole concept. So thank you for joining us today. And I hope we can clear things up or make things clear. And these are relationships that are supposed to be turning points in your life. Mm -hmm. They're catalysts. They're different chapters to a book. They're not the fine print. Yeah, I like to imagine it as because I'm the center of the universe, of course. (laughs) But I like to imagine myself as when I incarnated here with this avatar, that this is a game that I'm playing. And I am playing it from my view within this character. So it's the first person player. Yeah. Before I came to this earth, I made contracts with other souls that were going to be playing this game with me. Mm -hmm. Some souls that you're connected with, if you're still on the right path and the right journey, sometimes they won't even come into play. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, she's exactly where she's supposed to be or he's supposed to be right now. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to veer off your path... Because we're all trying to make it to the same place, the finish line, right, at the top. So we're on this journey. And when they see that we're starting to go in the wrong direction, they're like, oh, one of the key players need to come in, somebody with a soul contract, because we have free will. Yeah. So we can really do whatever the fuck we want. We're unsupervised. But yeah, we have a key player that will come in and kind of like help us. And sometimes they're negative experiences or what humans call negative. Yeah. And sometimes they're positive experiences. One of the videos I watched on it explained it was that you're basically making contract with your higher self and your higher self mm-hmm. doesn't feel emotion that's why we're here exactly. is to go through emotions and, and yeah so when we sign yeah. up for this we're like yeah we got this yeah no fucking problem yeah and then we're like <laughs> dude fuck you higher self right. like that sucks it's like whoa especially when you're going through and i hate to use these terms because they sound so cliche but like awakenings and yeah. stuff like that you're just like yeah i want to be woke i want to have all yeah. this knowledge and then you're going through it and you're like holy shit i signed up for this yeah no thank you you (laughs) like fuck me like what is going on all right so we make contracts to have certain experiences together and the experience are always mutually agreed upon Mm -hmm. so whatever you're coming into my life for i'm also going to be giving you something in return it's kind of like Mm -hmm. this dance that we do with each other exactly these contracts can be happy and healthy experiences like parents and friendships and relationships and career contracts Mm -hmm. or even with our kids and just other people that come into our life. And those are called the positive contracts. Yeah. And then which we can consider unhealthy or negative contracts or situation where a person will feel neglected or abandoned or even fired from a job and it's the end of the world. Yeah. And then you come to find out, holy shit, I wouldn't have lost this job. I wouldn't be where I am. Mm-hmm. Situations like that, that 
if you can get past the pain of the negative part and reflect back on it later, you can really see how it shifted your entire journey. Yeah, you could be soul contracted to have a certain person as your mother and their partner that they end up having who's abusive to you happens to be your father. They're just a byproduct of being in the life of the mother. Yeah, not every single connection that you have that has an impact on your life Mm -hmm. is soul contracted. Like you said, Mm -hmm. it could be soul contracted through your mother Mm -hmm. and he's just the byproduct of it. Keep that in mind when you're listening that if it doesn't resonate, that you don't feel like you have a connection with this person, you don't feel like they taught you any lessons, nothing valuable at all came from that experience, then they probably were not soul contracted for you. But we planned and agreed on these in the spirit realm. They have a specific purpose to help navigate you on this life's journey and the direction that's for our highest good, for awakening, for consciousness, for awareness, for love, for compassion. They're meant to teach us how to be more patient and how to let go of control or how to love yourself unconditionally mm-hmm. or how to set clear boundaries. I have a little story. Yeah, I was the type of person my whole life where I had trouble saying no. And that stemmed from childhood and I just could never get over it. If people would call me and be like, hey, what are you doing today? And I'd be like, oh, nothing. And they're like, oh, do you wanna come do something with me? If I didn't want to go, I would freeze up and I'd be like, oh, no, I have a headache today or one of my kids are sick or I can't because I have this other thing to do. I would make shit up yeah, because I wasn't able to just tell them, no, I don't want to hang out with you today. I'd rather sit home and read a book and take a bubble bath. Yeah, I didn't have that confidence within me and I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. Right. A friend of mine came into my life during a time in my life where I was in a major crossroads Mm -hmm. with my spirituality and she was amazing. I could call this girl and she would come pick me up if she was in another state. If I said, I need you and I need you right now, she would be there in a heartbeat. She was a beautiful soul. But the thing is, she was also a very negative person. Mm-hmm. And when I'd spend more than like 20, 30 minutes with her, I would start to yawn. I would start to feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. I would start to feel drained like an energy vampire. Yeah. But I was like, she is placed in my life for a reason. And she has all this love for me. I can't just cut her out of my life. And it was this huge battle because I was like, what do I do with this person? And one day I just had to sit down with her. and I was like, this is going to hurt. And it's going to hurt me. But I can't have you talking negative things constantly when you're around me because it's making me sick. And I told her exactly how it was making me feel. And after that, it was like something inside of me broke loose. Yeah. Because of her teaching me that lesson, because she loved me so much, I knew that I could say this and she would still love me. Yeah. That I was able to break out of the confines of something that had been holding me my entire life life. And I was Mm -hmm. so grateful for her, but I had to hurt her in the process by saying that to her. And then now to this day, it's like, I'll never lie. Just say no, or I don't like your energy or, you know, I'm very bold on what I say now. And I don't try to not hurt people's feelings by breaking my own boundaries. So she helped me to set those boundaries within myself and I'll never go back again. Yeah. And in exchange with her, Nobody had ever fucking said that to her before. She didn't know that she was doing this to people. And I'm like, yeah, watch their body language. When you start talking, they'll start taking a couple steps away. They'll start yawning. They'll start saying they don't feel good. Your energy is doing that to them. And so I'm sure it hurt her feelings, but we're still friends to this day. Mm -hmm. And when we talked to her, she's like, I'll never forget what you told me. She's like, I'm careful with my energy now. And I try not to do that to people. And her life has gotten better because she's not constantly being negative all the time. She's She's doing fucking amazing. Because she's powerful. She's more powerful because of it. So that's the dance that you can play. And I know for a fact that she was soul contracted with me to be my friend so we could both learn that lesson together. So there's many contracts. Like this one, I believe, is a soul contract. Mm -hmm. And a soul contract you can have with friends. You can have with partners. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like I'm with my life partner. And you can consider him a soulmate. And then you, I consider you my soulmate for sure. But it's on the positive note of it. teaching each other lessons. I hated my voice and I never wanted to do a podcast. And you gave me the energy and confidence to do it. You're like, let's just do it. You're great. You're amazing. And so I feel like we do that for each other. When you showed up for me, me and Saudi were friends for a few years because we worked together at two different places, but Mm -hmm. we worked opposite shifts. We never really hung out, but we were friends. I knew her. But the moment I was in the bathtub and was like, who am I supposed to talk to? Mm -hmm. And you came into my head. And we weren't super close at all. And I called on you 
you were there and it was like, how are we not sisters? Where were each other our whole lives? Yeah. Like, where where were you? So we and were so, around each other, but I and was... And that can definitely happen mm-hmm. with a soul contract too. You might go to the same school with them in elementary school and then bump back into them in college. And then they're just somebody that's kind of around and there. Mm-hmm. When it's time for them to be a part of your life, they step in and it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit. We're sisters. Yeah. Like, how did we not mm-hmm. become the bestest of friends immediately? And it was... Because it wasn't divine timing. Mm-hmm. We weren't supposed to in the period of our life that we were in back then yeah if we were connecting at that point because of relationships and places we were in it would have damaged us being as close Mm -hmm. as we are now i trust the universe yeah for Um, sure soul contracts it's definitely like Mm -hmm. that like i said some are negative and some are positive but you're learning something through Mm -hmm. the experience of this soul is definitely teaching you something you could have a soul contract with somebody just to have kids I strongly believe that me and my ex had a soul contract to have kids. I talked to a friend recently. We went on a road trip and she was talking to me about this guy that she had met 25 years ago at work. She said she didn't even see his face, but he walked by her and she just recognized him. And she immediately was like, I'm in love with him. I thought she recognized his soul. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. When you meet somebody that you're soul contracted from, you instantly recognize Mm -hmm. that. Unless we're not supposed to. In the case of you and me, Mm -hmm. we're like, we caught each other's attention, but it wasn't the right time. But sometimes it's just so immediate. You'll start talking to somebody in a bathroom or some random place where you You'd never even think just somebody walking by and then you're like, oh, I know you. I know you. Yeah. I fucking know you. I might not know you, but I know you. Yeah. I know your soul. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy like that. So we were saying before, trust yourself when it comes to that. So he had just broke up with his fiance or she broke up with him, broke his heart, and they ended up rebounding together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he ghosted her before ghosting was even a thing. And she was really gutted about it for a long time. And she was telling me that later on, they've reconnected recently and become friends again. He was married to the girl that he ghosted her for. So basically, she was a rebound. He hurt her. He ghosted her because mm-hmm. he'd met this other girl. And she's like, yeah, you end up marrying having kids with her. I said, sounds like he had a sole contract to have kids with to her. Have kids. And she goes, that is insane that you just said that. And I was like, why? And she goes, because of what I'm about to tell you next. So basically, years later, 20 years later, they reconnect and they become friends again. And he says, I'm so sorry for what I did to you. You did not deserve that. You're an amazing person. He goes, but I was really torn up when my fiance broke up with me. He's not a religious man, but he prayed. What am I supposed to do with my life? And he heard a little girl's voice say, it's okay, daddy. And the very next day he met his wife that he ended up having kids with. They're no longer together. They were Mm -hmm. definitely soul contracted to have kids together and move on. And that's fine. That's okay. All your soul contract could be is Mm -hmm. to have kids together and raise kids together and then move on. And soulmates know how to push your buttons as well. Yeah. Anyone in your life that can push a button and send you into a complete meltdown <laughs> is the person who's your greatest teacher. Yeah. Because if you're not learning from somebody and you're just alike, there's no growth there. Mm-hmm. Kids. And <laughs> yeah, they're teaching. <laughs> They're teaching you that you haven't mastered yourself at this time and you haven't learned to choose peace. So these people will continue to show up over and over again in your life until the lessons learned. And a lot of times that happens in relationships. You got out of a relationship and you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to let myself go through that again. But you haven't done any kind of work, any spiritual work, any self-growth. You didn't really, really learn from this relationship. Mm -hmm. So you get into another relationship and you're like, oh, this person's completely different for five fucking minutes. Uh And then they end up doing the same thing to you and they're not doing it to you they're doing it for you on a cosmic level this is somebody else who is soul contract that is coming through that is showing you the same lesson i look at it as the universe itself is a patient teacher Mm -hmm. just because you're 50 you're taking college courses you could be 50 still in fifth grade right on a cosmic level yeah they don't have that no child left behind bullshit (laughs) (laughs) and the fucking universe they're like oh you just want to stay at that level that's okay we'll show you a different way and we'll show you the different way you want to know what one plus one is we'll show it to you this way this way we'll show it to you with pennies we'll show it to you with common core math we'll go outside yeah like well we'll show you in all these different ways but you're not going to advance until you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. Then you can go to sixth grade or seventh grade. So you have to learn these life lessons. And I think that's why these sold contracted people come into your life to help you graduate or overstand a lesson so you can get to the next level. Right. Because who wants to fucking stay in fifth grade for the rest of their life? You're 90 years old. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, <laughs> fuck that. So p- somebody please help me if I'm stuck in fifth grade for 10 years. Yeah. Like, come and get me. Right. I will sign that contract with you. Even if it hurts me, come and help me get through this and help me to learn. Yeah. So the second thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is something that people always think about soul contracts being with other people. So you've got your soulmates and your life partners and Mm -hmm. your twin flames and all those things. But what people don't really, really think about is Mm -hmm. that you can have soul contracts with yourself. Mm. So let me explain how that works. Past life contracts are oaths, promises or commitments that you made to yourself that were contracted, but they're outdated now. Even though they're outdated, they're still playing a role in your life and they're usually negative. Mm -hmm. So they usually come through as an addiction or a repetitive behavior that no matter what you do, you just can't heal from it. Mm. Say, for instance, you made a vow to yourself in a past life and it was for a good reason. It was to protect you in some way. But now in this time, you're still holding on to it and you're still valuing that contract that you made and it's hurting your life path. It's hurting your journey. So say maybe you took a vow of poverty in your previous life because of a religious situation. Say you were a monk or a nun and you're like, I'm going to take this vow of poverty. And you really stood 10 toes down on that and you've lived that life. And that was for a reason. That was for a spiritual reason within your own soul. But you believed in it so hard that you carried it through to this lifetime. And now you cannot get out of poverty mindset. You can't save any money in your bank account. You can't find a good job. You're stuck in that because you've made a vow to yourself that I will live in poverty. It's like in Practical Magic when she basically curses her whole family line. Exactly. Out of no man that her family line ever loves will live. And they'd hear the little beetle and then their loved one would die. That show was crazy. Yeah. So it's kind of But they ended up breaking it. They did. And you know how they broke it with sister love (laughs) oh my god i love you yeah (laughs) so yeah there could be things like i will take care of you forever so you have this instinct to take care of somebody forever and you put everybody else above yourself because you made that contract and then you Mm -hmm. come into this life and you're like fuck man i want to be able to take care of myself i want to be able to be independent and i just can't do it because i'm just taking care of everybody else and i can't Mm -hmm. stop or i'll never love again Mm -hmm. you have your heart broken so hard in a previous life you're just like i'm done yeah. with relationships and you make this bond and almost ritual or like spell contract with yourself that you're never going to love again and you come into this lifetime and you're like I just I want to be loved and I don't know how to do that I can't love psychopath um, no. <laughs> Or even ones that I'll never have children again. Mm. So you could have had a lifetime where maybe you were in charge of a child that by accident or a certain situation, Mm -hmm. the child passed away and you were so heartbroken that you were like, I don't trust myself. I will never have children again. Maybe it was on your watch when this child passed away or got sick or whatever the case may be. And you made that oath to yourself that I'll never have children. And then you come into this lifetime, you're completely different and you can't have children. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. Your body is capable of having children and you just can't have a baby. And there's no medical reason for it. It might've been because of the oath that you made with yourself that you'd never have children again. And then there's different ones. I'll always suffer, always obey authority, Mm. things like that. I'll always serve others first or I'll never be a sexual being again. Because if you were sexually traumatized in more than one way, you can just completely cut yourself off from that and be like, I never want to come back as a sexual being. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and you're like having all these sexual issues. Yeah, which if you were to do past life regression session, you would be able to find that out about yourself, right? Usually in my sessions, I can find out what traumas happened in their past life to get them to this point. And see, it's weird when I do readings, some psychics, you can go to them and say, when am I going to get married? When am I going to have a baby? My readings don't usually work like that. I deal Mm -hmm. more on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. So I would be able to maybe do something like this and tell you why you haven't been able to get pregnant or why you haven't had a baby or what you can do to open the lines of energy for a marriage or what your blocks are and stuff. (laughs) Talking about being a psychic. Mm -hmm. The next (laughs) thing I wanted to talk about was your vows. So say in a previous lifetime you were a witch and you were tortured and burned and shunned because of your spiritual gifts. Like 
your intuitiveness. Mm -hmm. You might have made a spiritual contract with yourself to never practice any of that again. I'll never work as a healer again or use my intuition. And so you're a healer. Naturally, your spirit is naturally gifted and programmed to be in that energy. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and because you have made that vow so strong within yourself, you're not only hurting yourself because these gifts want to be fluid. They want to be used. Mm -hmm. That you're hurting the other people around you that need you. Because that's what we came to this planet to do. We came to use our gifts, our own unique gifts, and help other people. Yeah. But what seems to be happening, especially in this day and age, is all these psychics, all these beautiful healers and spiritual beings have come to this planet and then they're just like, I hate people. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're like, I, lo I love people, but I hate people. Yeah. You know, and they they end up being introverted. Mm -hmm. Life is just too much for them. And because of their fears and because of their blockages and because of most likely vows that they have probably set on themselves because of how they've been treated in past lives, mm -hmm. that they're not living in their life purpose. Yeah, they're not growing at all. They're so stuck. that's when they get soul contracts yeah <laughs> soul contracted people to come through and maybe get them out of that like me forcing you to do a podcast exactly <laughs> <laughs> we're coming to an end with this one but basically it's when something's going on with you in your life and in the heat of the moment you make a pact to yourself in a heightened extreme state of emotion that's powerful yeah and that can carry through lifetimes with you and you don't even fucking remember that you did it. Mm -hmm. That's why it's really important to be aware. Yeah. That's the first thing. Right? Yeah. It's just be aware that this is a possibility. So if that's reaching anybody right now and you're just like, whoa, like, I wonder if that's why I can't fill in the blank. Yeah. Then I hope this helped. Yeah. Or even look at your relationships within your lifetime so far and understand them a little bit better and then reflect and be able to grow from that. Me looking at my relationships, I'm like, OK, yeah, which I've always came through with a general idea. And I believe I've talked about it on here before where I was like, oh, soulmates, I think those are your tribe. Those are the people that are made from the same cloth as you. You. If all the souls and all the time were made out of a quilt, these are the souls that were in the same piece of quilt. That's what I always kind of looked at soulmates. I as. agree with that. Yeah. Before we move on to the next one, I just wanted to bring up a couple of couple of doctors that are published and have some credentials behind them. Michael Newton, he's been a counseling psychologist and he has a master's in hypnotherapy. He has taught for more than 40 years. He has a book called Choice of Life Challenges. He talks about his clients under hypnotherapy basically go into being hypnotized and they talk about their past lives or their life in between being rebirthed. There's another doctor called Brian Leslie Wise. He is also a hypnotherapist. He's an American psychiatrist and he's an author. And then he does past life regressions as well. And he has over 40 years of experience. He's published about the survival of souls after death. So like you, Saudi, you had a near death experience where you passed on, went to the other side and came back. Well, he has based his life's work on people who have passed on and remember the life beyond. Mm -hmm. So these are just a few of the authors out there that there is proof behind this mm -hmm. of soul contracts and of people who remember being on the other side mm -hmm. and making these contracts. It's not just a new age thing that somebody brought up. No. This has got some credentials behind it. There are people that have based their entire careers and doctorates on this. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, we got proof, bitches. Yeah, bitches, you know. Omni <laughs> There's books on it. Yeah, I'm always like, let me look up some books with some right. credentials on this too, because... Right, of course. Yeah, and it's not yeah. just, well, it's not just that, but you know, like you said, mm -hmm. this has gone back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. 4,000 years ago. Yeah, and then, at least. Yeah, it could have gone back before then, because... Well, don't get me down that road. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> so the next one I want to talk about, and this just briefly, I want to talk about sexual soul contracts. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have sex with someone, you are creating and signing a sexual contract mm -hmm. in the higher realms. Intercourse is an exchange of energy. I mean, even if you think about it, mm -hmm. you're exchanging bodily fluids. Even if you wear protection, there's still saliva and secretions <laughs> and um, even skin cells that are running off and into 
the others. So women need to be extra careful because they're magnetic by nature anyway. Mm. They absorb light force energy and emotions. Yeah. Not that men don't have to be careful too, but women especially. Yeah. In this lifetime, you have free will. You can go do whatever you want to. Have sex with 10 people in the night if you want to. Yeah. Like, that's none of my business. And there's no shame here like yeah. whatsoever. I would just like you to be aware there are things going on in the spiritual realm when you engage in sex with another person. Is there a way to cut that cord spiritually? I mean, you can. Like, if you just had sex with somebody one time, you can take a spiritual bath. You can do a cord-cutting ceremony. Mm. And if you've only had sex, like, one time with somebody or maybe twice, the cord is super thin. It'll dissolve over a few days or a few weeks. But the thing is, when you develop a cord with someone, you're attached to that person at this point. Mm. You're taking on whatever they have in them. So you're sleeping with somebody that you don't know. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, I can't get out of bed. I'm depressed. I don't feel good or I have anxiety. It's not just because the dick was bad, ladies. <laughs> exactly. It's because you signed a contract with them. And sex is very powerful. We did a mm. whole episode on sex, sex magic. magic, right? Mm -hmm. And how powerful the orgasm is. And throughout history, they have used sex as a very powerful tool in the astral realm okay so what if you were in a five-year relationship with a narcissist mm. and you've obviously had sex lots and you're trying to cut your energy from that person because i think sex is a big part of it then at yeah, that point it really is this narcissist probably has cords all over you at this point yeah to answer your question if you're just fresh out of a very abusive say five-year narcissistic relationship and you don't know what you're doing I would say seek out the help of someone who is very knowledgeable about something like this, somebody that you can trust. Mm -hmm. You know, in the meantime, of course, you're going to be doing your self-love, your self-healing. I sell a bath product that you can go to sacredflame.love mm -hmm. and order it there. It's only $25 and it heals your spiritual energy. It helps remove cords and, and hexes and curses and mm -hmm. things like that. I've used it. I can vouch. And I also have different things that I can do with people who have those kinds of attachments. I can work with them and I can dedicate it specifically to their needs and what they're going through but if you don't go to me you can go to somebody that you trust locally in your area yeah. that is devoted their practice to cord cutting because cord cutting is a fragile thing it's kind of like a weed in the yard if you go out and you can just cut the weeds they can grow back but if you pull them they can leave a gaping hole yeah so if you don't really know what you're doing you can traumatize the astral body the aura and do some real damage if you're trying to just get rid and pull the cords out you have to be able to replace it with love it's almost like surgery yeah but if you're more advanced and you know how to do these things then by all means yeah you know Cut do what that you can yeah, out do of it. your life <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just to be cautious of that there are sex contracts as yeah well. i want to talk about karmic relationships before mm -hmm. i talk about twin flame relationships because yeah. I feel like you should understand what a karmic relationship is. Yeah. A lot of people confuse karmic relationships with twin flame relationships. I can see just by thinking about it why that is. You can pick a soulmate as your life partner. And they're generally somebody who, yes, they teach you lessons along the way, but you have contracted to spend your life with this person or at least a number of years with this person. And they're, I don't want to say easy, because everybody has their problems in their relationships, mm -hmm. but it's not constant chaos. Yeah. Like the karmic or some things that we can get into with the twin flame. Mm -hmm. A karmic relationship, they're usually formed with souls who have known us in past lives mm -hmm. and still have unresolved issues with. They're created to teach us major life lessons or settle a karmic debt. Mm -hmm. Usually when you meet a karmic relationship, you feel this instant connection like within days, you can feel like you've known them your whole life. Karmic relationships start off feeling like you just met the other part of your soul. It just gives you that feeling like, where have you been my whole fucking life? Yeah. And I love you. These types of relationships is really easy to start love bombing right away yeah. and feeling just this soul connection. And it's mutual. Yeah. Because you're both contracted towards each other. So you have known each other in previous lifetime. So the energy pull is super strong. Yeah. The thing about this one is it usually turns unhealthy pretty quick. They seem to be like really toxic. They can affect your mental health pretty quick as well. And then it can even turn physically abusive in so a lot of the circumstances. If it's karmic, how does that connect? So 
when you mean karma, like getting into a relationship with somebody who's a karmic can help clear past life karma. Okay, heard. It goes in stages as mm-hmm. well. So you first meet this person, it's just like, oh my God, where have you been my whole life? You're perfect. You're my other half. You complete me. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like this around anybody ever. And then the person that you thought was perfect starts causing you to be stressed out and unhappy fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's like love at first sight, pretty much inseparable too. It's not uncommon for you to know each other for two weeks and move in with each other or get married in Vegas or something like that with a karmic. But they mimic a twin flame relationship very closely and that's why Mm. I want to do this one first and then get into the twin flame yeah because they mirror you kind of in the same way and it's like a roller coaster with this person Mm -hmm. you have these extreme highs with this person and they have these extreme lows a roller coaster nothing's ever in between it's not like you can just have a normal fucking day yeah it has to be a day just filled with adventure and love and passion or it's a day where you're just on each other's nerves and fighting and stuff like that yeah them causing you to have panic attacks yeah and you do it to each other as well because it's a karmic relationship so you're both starting to become toxic within this pretty quickly things start to feel like it's not right you just get this feeling of i don't think i'm in the right relationship questioning the relationship and then red flags start to come up but you're overlooking the red flags because you're so blinded by this connection that you have with this person that you've never felt this way about a person. They just get you on a level that nobody has ever been able to even touch the surface of. It's an amazing feeling when you yeah. meet a karmic at first. It's like a relationship with drugs almost. Yeah, you get addicted to it, codependent and all that stuff. So there's lots of drama. There's lots of arguing. There's lots of gaslighting, temper tantrums on one side or the other. It turns into this full-blown toxic ass fucking relationship where you're like I hate you but I love you you know mm. what I mean like you hate and love this person so passionately I love that you almost have a like, southern accent <laughs> <laughs> I hate you but I love you <laughs> Break out in song. Yeah, so they become addicted. Yeah. You're addicted to each other. So you start to stop focusing on the important parts of your life. And the relationship, it just totally consumes you. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is important in your life. But you had that instant connection. So you're confused in the relationship and it keeps drawing you back like a moth to a flame. You just keep coming back to it. And then it's codependency like you've never felt before. You know that you should probably get out, but you can end up staying for like years in this fucking relationship. And you're like, this isn't healthy, but I can't leave. And then they push our boundaries. Mm -hmm. Even though this relationship is really hard, they cross these boundaries and they cause us to be strong. We don't have a fucking choice. We know that this is unhealthy and we have to get out of it and we have to be fucking strong even if we're shaking. And a karmic relationship is so repetitive because sometimes you'll get out of it and then you end up getting right fucking back into it too. So you're like Mm -hmm. strong, you're almost out of it and then you get sucked back into it. Mm -hmm. So that happens a lot with karmic relationships and people are like, well this is my twin flame this is my soulmate this is my soul connection i love them like i've never loved anybody else before no this is a fucking karmic relationship the soulmate relationship you might have arguments but it's nothing like this Mm -hmm. this gets incredibly toxic yeah that's kind of how you know that it's not right the good ones (laughs) yeah and it's like you have the same fight over and over again Mm -hmm. so you're trying to communicate with this person and they're just not understanding what the fuck you're saying to them and because they get frustrated with what you're trying to say or get a point across or or try to have a boundary or something like that then they get mad at you and you end up getting into another fight or you start fighting about a fight that you had like five months ago yeah and it just keeps coming back up yeah and that's a big red flag that you're in a karmic relationship because you just can't understand each other this person supposedly knows you better than anybody on the face of the earth Mm -hmm. and has this contract with you yet they can't carry on a five minute fucking conversation without it turning into a fight yeah when it's something serious right but again you pick this soul contract it is going to be painful. You have to get to the point, like a baby crawling. That's what it reminds me of. A baby's first learning how to crawl and is sitting there and it's kicking and it's screaming and it's crying and it has to get that anger and that frustration to give it strength to crawl. So you have to get to that point of buildup of frustration to where it gives you that strength to be like, I'm fucking out of here. And then you start getting to the point where you're like, I'm so exhausted. It feels better when they're not there. So when they're out for the day, you're like, oh, I finally got to spend some time with my kids or oh, I finally got to go out with my friends and have lunch or something Mm -hmm. like that because they've been all consuming of everything. Yeah. That it feels good when they're gone. And then you're just like mentally 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually tired. Yeah. So drained that even if you wanted to leave the relationship, you're like, I don't have the strength. I feel drained all the time. I'm tired. I'd rather go take a nap. And they bring out the worst side of you. Yeah. And that's another thing because you start to not even fucking recognize yourself anymore. You're screaming, you're yelling, you're mm-hmm. you're acting in a certain way and is out of your character. Yeah. And they're saying, wow, you're crazy. Mm. And you're like, you made me this way. Yeah. Because I look in the mirror right now and I don't even fucking recognize myself right now. I don't even know who I am. That's fucking sad. Yeah. So the hardest part in the karmic relationship is letting it go. Once you're out of it and time goes by, you're like, why the fuck did I stay? That's disgusting. Like, yeah. you look back on a karmic relationship and you're like, what was I what thinking? Was I thinking? Yep. But when you're in it, I don't care what they do to you. You feel this magnetic pull towards them so fucking strong that you just can't do it. It's like almost impossible to let go. And even when they're gone, no matter what they did to you, Mm -hmm. they could have done something horrible, unexcusable, unforgivable. And you're sitting in the shower just bawling your eyes out, wishing they would just come give you a hug. Because the one person that hurt you is the person that you need right now to help you through this. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is. But that's the fucking growth of it. That is where you fucking get your power. That is a snake shedding its skin. Mm -hmm. The moment that you let go, really let go, is where you find your power. I've been through one of those. And I will say that was 100% my turning point of growing. The point of the whole thing is that you have to take what you've learned and then you have to move on and find the person that you're actually supposed to be with. The person that is your true love. But you have to start loving yourself first and that's where we go wrong. Sometimes we get out of a karmic relationship and sometimes we jump into another karmic relationship and another karmic mm-hmm. relationship. So that's where we go back to if you really haven't learned the lesson and you haven't allowed yourself to fully heal and Mm -hmm. say oh okay I see why this happened to me and get to the point where you're even in gratitude for it we're like fuck man thank you for showing me that you're a dick for that but (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah because I wouldn't be who I am if you wouldn't have done that if we wouldn't have had that exchange of energy yeah they sign this karmic contract with you they don't leave feeling great about themselves they've learned something from the experience as well you both have. They'll fake being happy, but they're not. <laughs> well, yeah. And we do too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's post a pic on fucking Instagram mm-hmm. with a big smile on our face like we're having a great time. Yeah. Five seconds later, we're crying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? <laughs> so don't believe everything you see on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and so what you do after those situations instead of the unhealthy way is to just jump into another. And we've been told that I used to mm-hmm. get told that by my friends when I was younger. It's like best way to get over somebody is get under somebody yes. else. You know what I'm saying? And I took that advice sometimes, yeah. but it doesn't help because you haven't even detached the cords from this karmic hell that you just went through and you haven't gained all the experience through healing that you needed from Mm. this and then you're just going to jump to another dude who could be even worse yeah and you're not going to really recognize the red flags because it's comfortable and a lot of people will stay with the pain that they know then try to go out and experience the unknown exactly so give yourself a fucking break you want to go have sex with somebody go ahead and do that but don't try to jump right into another relationship after you've been in a car right i mean unless (laughs) it's karmically destined for you yeah right after sometimes you will experience the bliss of a good partnership but what you can do in the meantime lean on your friends lean on your community lean on your social circle on your soulmated tribe block them yeah i cannot stress this enough you guys you are never going to get over them if you're constantly checking their fucking insta every five seconds and you're checking their fucking facebook and you're trying to check their location on snap fucking stop i know it's yeah i know it's hard because you're cutting your energy off from them as well yeah you have to and exactly what you said that's cutting the cord that's blocking the energy in order for you to heal you have to stop checking yeah. on them and wondering where they're at and if they're feeling hurt. Fuck that shit. Yeah, because you're just this strengthening is, that This cord. is done. You have gained everything that you could possibly gain from that relationship. Now it's time to take those lessons with you and move the fuck on. Yep. And I know it's easier to say than do, but do it anyway. In that meantime, focus on self-care. Take a vacation, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> socialize, get new hobbies, go to therapy. Yes. Okay. You don't have to do this alone. 
figure out ways to get support because you're going to need it. You just went through hell. Yeah. If you've been with a karmic. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what karmic relationship you've been through. You've been abused. Yeah. And you have abused as well. Yeah. Because we get to that point in the karmic relationship where we go crazy too. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh. So this one was tricky for me. It's about twin flames. I struggled with this one a little bit because you hear a lot of people that have not been in the twin flame relationship. And they think it's amazing. They meet somebody and they're like, oh, this is my twin flame. And they throw the word twin flame around like it's cute. Yeah. It's like the new age soulmate. Yeah. I am here to tell you that there is nothing cute <laughs> about the twin flame relationship. They call it the twin flame journey. And not everybody's on it. Just because you're a living, breathing human does not mean that your twin flame decided to incarnate with you. Doesn't mean you don't have one. Everybody has a twin flame. Yeah. A lot of times they choose not to incarnate in the same lifetime as you. But if you are alone in this lifetime without your twin flame, just know that there's nothing that can disconnect you from that. They're usually in the astral as one of your spirit guides or something like that. Or they have just decided, hey, in this lifetime, we're not ever going to meet each other because we don't want a fucking dark night of the soul. <laughs> like we don't need it. Yeah. And some people do. Most people that are on the twin flame journey have somewhere in their hearts known it since they were able to consciously think. They have felt like there was a missing piece of themselves that they never met anybody that could relate to them and that's why it's so easy to confuse that karmic relationship with a twin flame because it's in the beginning when you meet your twin flame it's exactly like that it's like this big burst it's like two planets came together and just collided with each other in this magical burst of energy mm -hmm. and every relationship teaches us something the twin flames are considered the one that teaches you the most and probably the most powerful soul experience that you can have. So how do you know if it's a twin flame or not? I believe that when you meet your twin flame, there is no denying it. Yeah. And a lot of people will be like, oh, I've been with my twin flame. We've never had an argument, never had a fight. We've been together for 40 years. And I'm here to tell you that is not your twin flame. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's your soulmate. That's somebody you're contracted with to be your life partner because they're, I don't want to say easy, but they're easy yeah. compared to this. So this relationship will be challenging and healing and it's due to the mirroring. So they show you your deepest insecurities and your shadows and your fears, and they'll also help you overcome them. And at first you'll feel like they complete you. Mm -hmm. And when all is said and done, you'll realize that you're whole on your own. Mm -hmm. From beginning to end on this journey, it starts off as a feeling with this person that I am finally complete. I'm home. Yeah. Instantly recognize this person. Mm -hmm. And there's an attraction. As soon as you get together, two magnets just slam together. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to be with me. This is perfect. You go through similar beginning stages of the karmic. You just complete each other like yin and yang. And it's crazy when you first meet your twin flame at time stands still. Nothing in this world matters except for them. You're on this mission to expand. I talk about school all the time and grade levels. When you come into your twin flame's life, you could be high school within days. Okay, now I'm in ninth grade. Now I'm in 10th grade. Now I'm in 11th grade. It feels like you're just leveling up yeah. and you start doing crazy shit together. Every single twin flame that I've ever met, true twin flames, they start challenging each other spiritually. Mm -hmm. Say you meditate by yourself every day and then you have your twin flame with you for the first time and you meditate you're leaving this dimension. You're mm. remembering past lives together. You're connecting telepathically with this person. You could be in a crowded building with 300 people in there and they could glance at you from across the room and you can feel it. You glance back at them and have a whole conversation without opening your mouth. Mm. It's the most intense, crazy mind fuck yeah. that you can even imagine. And you're with this person and it doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the country. When you two finally decide to come together, it's an unstoppable force. Destiny, like universe, forces you to be together. Yeah. And because you're so connected on a soul level, you'll feel everything deeper when you're with them. So say you like to go jogging every morning. Mm -hmm. You start jogging with your twin flame, you're all of a sudden within a week marathon ready. Mm -hmm. It amplifies everything that you already are within yourself. People don't understand it. Yeah. People see you with your twin flame. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You are a completely fucking different person right now. Yeah. You do change. But I feel like they're forcing you to change into 
into the person that you were supposed to be in the first place without all that damage. So it like knocks off like years of shadow work. Yes. And so you just become the most powerful version of yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, usually twin flames don't make it a year. Yeah. Because after like four months of this, where everything is just one lesson after another lesson and you're just expanding and growing and evolving Every fucking day is an adventure. Mm-hmm. You go to sleep and you're like, there's no way we can. <laughs> we can top that day. We can't top yesterday. I can't yeah. wait to fucking see what we do tomorrow. And tomorrow is just as incredible. Right. And you challenge each other and start doing all these things. You can only stay high like that for so long. And that's why I say, and I'm not trying to tell anybody that they don't know what they're talking about. But I don't think that anybody can maintain that sort of frequency and just stay married for 40 years right no arguments no problems whatsoever because what ends up happening is you're mirroring each other and you're so connected on this soul level you start mirroring the insecurities after a certain period of time and those are magnified and those are amplified i gotcha and so you start questioning yourself wow this is the craziest experience i've ever had with another human being and then your insecurities start to expand I mean, even to the foods that you eat, mm. you just start craving like healthy foods. And, oh, I thought you were going to say Burger King. <laughs> oh, fuck Burger King. Like you'll throw up if you eat Burger King because you're vibrating so fucking high and they're doing it too. And they're like, holy shit. And you're both just like, what the fuck is happening? And they're like, I don't know, but I fucking love it. This yeah. is amazing, right? You just keep doing it. And you'll start waking up at the same time. You'll start reading each other's mind. It's the fucking craziest shit that you'd ever want to experience in your life. You can start entering each other's dreams at that point. So if you're sleeping together for more than a couple months with your twin flame, you will be inside their dreams and they'll be inside yours. You'll wake up at the same time and be like, oh my God, I have this dream. They're like, yeah, I know I was there. That's crazy. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. And it raises you to such a high vibration that it feels like you're in between worlds. Yeah. You're somewhere in between the third and fourth dimension at all times. Since you're at such a high frequency for so long, do you ever reach like burnout? Well, see, that's I think what happens during separation. Mm. That's exactly what happens. So the bond is incredible and it does mimic the karmic, but it's so much more elevated than that. And then there comes a time where I do think it's the burnout. Mm -hmm. You're vibing so high for so long and you start mirroring each other's insecurities. And then you start thinking, hmm, well, maybe this isn't what I think it is. And usually with twin flames, both of them or at least one of them will be like, I think we're in a twin flame relationship. Twin flame will start coming up. Like you'll start seeing like repeated numbers. Mm -hmm. Twin flame will just come into your consciousness. Some way, somehow it will come through. And then the other person will be like, holy shit, we're every single one of these things. But every time they get to the breakup stage, or they were like, I can't imagine myself without you. No way that we're going to break up. That's for all those other twin flames. We're not going through that process, right? But you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have this energetic and psychic connection with this person. After a few months or so, the core wounds start emerging. And these challenges are reflections of the soul work that you both need to do on your own. Mm -hmm. It's not about improving the relationship at that point, but improving yourself. And it is really fucking hard to wrap your human mind around that. Right, because you're the same soul, essentially. There's no way. I found you now. You're not going anywhere. You can't leave. You've had this big connection and you can't stay in that vibration. The whole point of this relationship is for you to become whole on your own. Because if you're already whole, you wouldn't have met your twin flame in this lifetime. Yeah, You needed them to come through and elevate you. Yeah, Do this accelerated spiritual course. The next step is the test. So you start to dive deep into your shadow and all your insecurities start coming up. And you'll start to question if this attachment is really a twin flame or maybe it's a karmic. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of starts mimicking each other at that right. point. And that's where it gets very confusing. And that's where jealousy starts to come in. Different things like that. You start to get really controlling over this person or they're getting controlling over you. And you're like, wait a minute. We have a bond that can't be broken. We're twin flames. Why are we having these feelings? Then it comes to the part where it's called runner chaser. Right. So at some point, somebody leaves. Not all the time, but usually it's the masculine that runs because the female is the one that has to hold space for their divine masculine partner in Mm -hmm. most cases. It's one of the most painful things you can ever go through because you finally like I found my person that I've been longing for my entire life. How could they just leave me here? And it makes you go crazy, too, because a lot of times when your twin leaves you. 
you start acting ways that you've never acted before. Right. You could be one of those persons that I've never chased anybody. Somebody wants to leave my life, there's the fucking door. Right. But when your twin leaves, you'll drop to your knees. You'll beg them, please don't leave me. Because right. you feel like your own soul is being ripped from your body. It kind of is. Right. But then there comes the surrender. So at that point, when they turn their back on you, you have no choice but to heal. And usually it's a pretty brutal healing process. Go through these different stages, kind of like with a karmic or somebody that you really, really love. It almost feels like a death. You go through the stages of death within your own mind. A lot of people talk about how they're still like, is this my twin flame or was this a karmic relationship? Right. And then the universe will not let them leave your mind. They're like a splinter inside of your brain. Weeks go by. You can mourn. You can be heartbroken for a couple weeks, a couple months go by. And you're like, fuck, I'm still thinking about this person every five seconds is bullshit starting to get on my nerves because I'm healing. I'm doing shadow work. I am dating somebody else right Right. now. I'm doing everything right. And it's still this program running in the back of your brain. You're like, am I fucking going crazy? Is this what stalkers go through? Like, am I fucking (laughs) really burned into your brain? Once you've met them and you've set that connection, it never goes away. Mm -hmm. I heard a story that this girl was telling me that she was just doing great, just driving down the road one day a year later and a song came on. And of course he came into her mind like he did all the time. And she had to pull the car over and scream like fucking stop (laughs) because she's just so fucking over it. Yeah, I don't want to be on this fucking twin flame journey anymore. Yeah, I don't want to fucking think about him. I don't want to be on this ride no more. (laughs) Like let me the fuck off. Yeah. So when you talk about I want to meet my twin flame, this is going to be fun. I'm here to tell you, baby. (laughs) It's not fun, but it's necessary for some people Mm -hmm. because it teaches you more than any other kind of relationship could teach you. It teaches you unconditional love for yourself and it forces you to become whole by yourself. There's like no time limit too when it comes to the whole twin flame thing. Mm -hmm. It depends on how fast your spiritual growth is and how fast you heal. But as you start to heal, the faster you heal, the more you draw the runner in. I don't chase, I attract. So once you start working on yourself, energetically, somehow they can feel it. And they're like, okay, she's not chasing me anymore. He's not chasing me anymore. Now it's this energetic dance you're playing in between. So it's kind of like a push and pull. And so here they come, all of a sudden you're unblocked and they say something to you. You might even have a little couple conversations and they fucking block you again. And then you're like, well, fuck this shit. And you talk and then you end up blocking them. So then you're the runner. And it's this little game that you play back and forth with each other until you're in the right space. And a lot of people hold on to, are we ever going to be back together? Are me and my twin flame ever going to get back together? You get to a point in your healing where you're just, we already are together. We're together in the astral since the beginning of creation and we'll be together until the end of creation. And this lifetime is a blink. I'm just going to unconditionally love them wherever they are and vice versa. And once you come to that point, I feel like that's union. Makes sense. You're above anything physical or anything on this earthly plane. Mm -hmm. You're so connected in the spirit realm that you don't need to physically be together. If you want to, you could. Yeah. But why not experience other things? You already went through that. And you know that you're connected to them. There's nothing that can damage that. Right. Except for another lesson, maybe. But why not just be with somebody who's fucking comfortable? Yeah. And your true life partner that is not a fucking crazy, wild roller coaster ride of learning lesson. Right. Somebody you can namaste with. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you always have that twin because they're going to be there once you get into that base of union. Yeah. But nobody says you have to be together. Yeah. But if that's what gets you through the night when you're crying and you can't get them out of your brain and you're freaking out, if it makes you feel better, when you heal, you could be with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have to heal first and you yeah. have to fix yourself. And then once you get to that point, you both you know, have to you heal, evolve. Right? Yeah. That's the trick. Mm-hmm. Like I've read up on twin flames and all that, but I've never thought about, yeah, we are together on the astral. Yeah. And you'll still dream about them forever. And you'll still have that spiritual connection that doesn't go away. But you just have to get past the part where it's driving you fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> You're trying to heal. Why are they fucking don't right. just leave me the fuck alone? You want to block me on Facebook? Block me in your energetic system as well, because I'm trying to heal over here right. and vice versa that's a cord you cannot cut because within yourself yeah it's fucked up don't do the journey yeah don't do it <laughs> but do it experience the third dimension <laughs> oh. so while you're going through the morning process just be careful because sometimes you're so emotionally distraught from the supposed breakup of the twin flame journey that you end up jumping into a karmic relationship. Oh, fuck. So if you haven't been in a karmic relationship yet, like you met your twin first and then you meet a 
karmic, it's going to mimic that. You're going to tell yourself things like, oh, that really wasn't my twin flame. This is my twin flame. Mm -hmm. And it's your karmic. And then you find out real fucking quick that you were wrong. Yeah. Or what can end up happening is you get into a relationship with the person you're actually supposed to be with in this lifetime, your Mm -hmm. lifetime partner. Yeah. I would say just before you jump into anything, try to heal a little bit first. Self-love. Self-love. Because those karmics are fucking tricky. Tricky little fuckers. Yeah, they are. (laughs) And they are not good. Nope. (laughs) And yeah, just like we were saying, separation is an illusion. You can't be separated from something that's already a part of yourself. Yeah. There was this little poem by Lizzie Jeff. I don't know if you know who Lizzie Jeff is. She's an artist that I love. And I swear, she's on the Twin Flame journey. She knows what's up. I listen to her music. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Says, I hope wherever you are right now is exactly where you want to be. I love the vision of you smiling, even if it's not with me. We formed a connection so deep, the only place for me to flow is back into me. Oh, damn. I'm like, yeah, this bitch been on this flame journey for sure. And I love her music. She's an amazing artist. Y'all should check her out. Yeah. I watched a video of this girl that was talking about how she fulfilled a soul contract by breaking it. How did she break it? She didn't say how she broke it, but she said that was the purpose of it was being able to stand up and say, no, I'm done and breaking it. And that's how she fulfilled it. That was the purpose of it is for her to finally stand up and say, I'm done. There are a couple different ways to rescind a contract. And the first one that I would go to is seek out a professional healer that deals with past life contracts and can get into the Akashic records and they can help you transcend through the healing process and be there for you. If you can't find a healer, at least find somebody that can help you deal with the emotions Mm -hmm. that you're going to be going through. When you have a contract, any contract period, but mostly the ones with yourself through past lives, Mm -hmm. they can bring up a lot of emotional baggage like trauma so much trauma that if you don't go to a a healer to help you with it at least have a really good friend Mm -hmm. or somebody to support you somebody that's going to be there for you it's like doing shadow work Mm -hmm. or have a counselor but have somebody that can be there for you to help unpack that baggage that gets pulled up right because you're not just pulling it up from this lifetime you're uprooting it from a previous lifetime but if you've been doing a lot of spiritual work yourself if you're in the craft or we work a lot with tarot or angels or deities or gods or goddesses you can call on them and you should Mm. be empowered to do things on your own like this if you're new to the game i would say get help if you've been in it for a while and you do work with deities and gods and goddesses i would say just go for it you can do it you're powerful so what would be a good indicator of something you should break well usually with the karmic there's not a lot that has to be done because once you're done with them that relationship dissolves we've talked about generational curses are Mm -hmm. kind of a form of a contract right that's true so when you break and i just recently found that you can be in your own family line so you can be your own great great grandma just reincarnating into the same line because uh-huh. you're not learning the lesson not learning the lesson or for some reason thinking that you need to come back into the line to heal something oh okay or for whatever reason there could be a multitude infinity amount of reasons to come back but sometimes souls travel within the same family mm-hmm. through lots of lifetimes yeah like your grandma could come back as your daughter i've heard that before yeah so you're right so breaking family curses and family lines could help to break contracts especially if you've run in your own family line Mm -hmm. before but if not it's the knowledge of knowing yeah i remember making a vow to myself that i was always going to live in poverty and once you recognize that and you acknowledge it and go in and break it pretty easily yeah because it is an old curse and so you're living here in the third dimension in this lifetime so what's going on with you now is way more important you can break those contracts of poverty that's amazing if you have a soul contract with somebody in your life time that's supposed to teach you a lesson or like you said teach you to set boundaries Mm -hmm. and you fulfilled that by saying oh yeah and then you can break the contract so it doesn't keep repetitively happening again because sometimes the contract resolves itself Mm -hmm. once you've learned the lesson that's in general what happens yeah it's a universal lesson that okay this contract has served its purpose Mm -hmm. and we're done with it but if you think you're done and the universe doesn't think you're done you can still resend the contract because you're tapping out at that point yeah you've been through nine rounds and you might not have gotten completely the lesson yeah. from what this contract's been trying to tell you but you've had the same boyfriend over and over again in different bodies nine different times yeah you're like i get the gist of it yeah. and i'm gonna tap out yeah i want to rescind the contract because i don't want to learn that experience anymore or to the fullest extent that my astral body thought that i could tolerate that you're because i just self. can't because if i go through this again i'm not going to be here i just won't be able to make it so you can also do that 
I kind of wondered, do you remember when you did that reading for my coworker and her mom was in an astral womb? Oh my God. Yes. I do remember that. She was like in an incubator. Yeah. So this woman was probably in her Mm forties and her mom had passed away. I couldn't contact her soul because she was being nurtured by her astral mother and father and they were re-incubating her. To repair the damage done on her soul. Yeah. Do you think maybe that damage was done because she didn't tap out from her contract? Yeah. That's what made me think of mm-hmm. it. She just yeah. got beat to death by those contracts. Mm-hmm. And so by the time she got into the astral, she couldn't reincarnate again. She needed to do some healing first. And she needed to be remothered and re parented mm-hmm. that was crazy yeah. i remember that when i was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah i didn't like, know that's... that was possible yeah you're like that changed my whole life yeah. that's amazing see we're so contracted because every time i send you to somebody <laughs> you <laughs> change true. their life and then they change yours <laughs> i feel like i'm like that with just about every reading mm-hmm. that i do because when i'm meeting a person for a reading I'm meeting their spirit guides. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting their higher self and I'm learning lessons every time. Yeah. And I'll get chills with them. If I'm giving you a reading, I'm going to cry with you if something's sad. I'm yep. going to laugh with you. I'm going to get chills with you because I'm learning this information as you're learning it. Yeah. As it's coming out of my mouth, it's being channeled through me and we're both hearing it at the same yeah. time. And I'm learning and I'm like, what? what? What did I just say? What did you just say? <laughs> like, holy shit. I didn't know that. I love it. Yeah. I'm always too. continuously learning. Yeah, keep your mind open. <laughs> <laughs> keep your mind open. <laughs> namaste. namaste. <laughs> you want to namaste um, a while? <laughs> oh my God. But I'm so glad we did this one. Me too. And me too. I know there was a few soul contracts that we didn't really tap into, but I feel like this gave a general idea. Yeah. I think it tackled the subject with knowledge and experience behind it and hopefully cleared up a few confusions circulating about soul contract at this time. That wraps up this episode. Reminder to keep your minds open. And namaste.